Bridging Chicago. I'm Leona Kuhar, your host, and today we have a very special guest, Victoria Jacob, who is one of SATC Law's newest attorneys. Victoria has been with us for a little over seven months, and she has done a phenomenal job in those seven and a half months, almost eight months, right? Yes. And I personally have had the opportunity to work with Victoria quite a bit, and it's been a wonderful experience for me. Um, I love working with Victoria. SATC loves having her on our team. She's been an asset to our team. So we're so pleased to have her with us. Thank you. What a wonderful introduction. Wow. <laughs> wow, it's heartfelt. <laughs> so, Victoria, we all, we at SATC know that you're not originally from Chicago. You're not. No. So why don't you tell us where you're from and tell us a little bit about where you grew up. <laughs> sure. So I am from Scottsdale, Arizona, originally, and I moved to Chicago to pursue law school. And so mm-hmm. a good majority of the first portion of my life was spent in Arizona, which is obviously a much warmer place. Yeah, a very different, different here. I'm sure it was a shock. <laughs> it was. It was kind of the reverse move. I know a lot of folks who uh, migrated from the Midwest mm-hmm. to Arizona, a lot of snowbirds in right. particular. Um, and I kind of pulled the the opposite of that. And I, I think it was a, a result of wanting something different than what I always grown up with. Okay. Based on one of my first winners having a polar vortex, I think I picked probably <laughs> as different as I could get. It was probably the best time because if you could survive that winter, I think you could probably survive most any winter here. Truly. And it was a shock because I came here with no winter clothing, no expectation of how to handle or navigate that type of weather. And mm-hmm. so that first one was quite the circus. Yeah, it was a shock. <laughs> so um, where did you go to undergrad? I went to undergrad at Arizona State. Okay, state so, state. Mm-hmm. so you enjoyed Arizona up until law school. So you say that law school brought you to the Midwest, to Chicago. What law school did you attend, Victoria? I attended Loyola University of Chicago here in downtown Chicago. And I know that a lot of your coursework had to do with estate planning, corporate um, estate planning and trust. Tell us a little bit about what you studied in, in law school. Sure. Well, it didn't originate that way. I started out my, my first year of law school not necessarily knowing right off the bat what I wanted to do. I really wanted to use my law school experience as a time to take courses in different subjects and try to find my niche, my ultimate career path. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was as a result of having one of my professors, Professor Anne-Marie Rhodes, I would love to give her a shout out just because she was such a, a mentor um, to me when I was in law school. And she taught a few estates and trusts related courses at Loyola. And it truly changed my perspective on what I wanted my ultimate career to be. Um, I took every class that she offered at Loyola mm-hmm. and ended up being a wonderful experience and putting me in a good position to start a career in trust and estates here. So she was a true inspiration. She was. And she's a fixture in the Chicago community. She's been here for a number of decades practicing and um, used her experience in at Loyola teaching her students not only the base foundation of the law, but also practically how students could apply that when they enter the workforce and are working with clients, working with families, working with business owners. It, it was helpful to have her um, knowledge and experience. So she taught you how to implement her knowledge. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I know that you were involved in... Um, in um, guardianships as well. 
Tell us about that. I was. It was my initial introduction to probate court here in Illinois. Um, I served as a guardian ad litem. A guardian ad litem, pardon me, um, for families here in the Chicago area. Guardian ad litem, for those who may not know, is um, a court-appointed representative for a child or a disabled adult. Um, and through that process, I was able to see firsthand a case through litigation, through court, um, meet with my client who is a child in a number of my cases and present my GAL report, my findings um, to a judge. And so having that experience as a law student where you don't necessarily have a, a bar admission or a license per se, but you can still have the practice of an attorney. Naturally, mm-hmm. you're under the wise, you know, um, the watchful eye right. of, the, of the licensed yeah. attorney while you're doing that. Um, but to be able to handle that on my own as an individual while still in law school was a great experience to have. And now I feel much more prepared mm-hmm. going to court after law school. Yeah, I can imagine that was really a help. It was. And you were also involved with um, other estate planning things. Tell us about those. Sure. Um, so I started researching, well, I was a research intern with ACTEC, the American College Trust and Estate Council. Um and the goal of that particular research was to develop, and is it's an ongoing um, position, is to develop a, a handbook for practitioners uh, to have a resource for charitable giving in light of disasters, so disaster relief. And it's become an amazing resource. It's likely going to be published through Aptech sometime this year, hopefully by the fall. Um, but it will be a resource for practitioners to decide, okay, in the light of this particular adversity, what's the best course of action? Should we be forming a new entity or working with an existing charitable organization? And what are the standards that the IRS has set down for either of those paths and the tax implications of that? And so the research is an area that I didn't have experience with in law school. And so a lot of it is now being self-taught as I'm trying to find the resources and guidelines on how you would go about um, engaging in that type of charitable charitable giving. And mm-hmm. it's going to benefit this practice as well. I know we have a number of clients who are interested in philanthropy. And so it's going to be helpful in applying that to Yeah, absolutely. And also, since you've been here at SATC Law, you've attended seminars and a week-long one recently. <laughs> yes. So tell us about those. They've been, I can't even describe to you how helpful it is to sit down with practitioners who have been doing estate planning for a number of years. Obviously, we have we have resources here internally, but to engage in a conversation with those in the community and those nationally who have incredible ideas and are thinking creatively about some of the issues of our time and not only that, debating um, legislation that's being discussed or pending in some cases. And so we're able to have some foresight and plan for what are changes coming down the line and then apply that um, in planning for our clients. And that was the most recent one you attended last week, right? Heckerling Institute, yes. Unfortunately, this one was remote. So hopefully in future years, I know they plan on, they are planning on doing one in person in the future. But even so, the speakers were incredible. I felt like I've learned a lot going forward and we're going to be applying it to what we're doing here. Yeah, I'm sure we are. And um, I know you've attended other seminars and workshops. I mean, just since you've been here. So you've been pretty busy. You know, in addition to doing all the work that you're doing to like enhance and to learn more. The life of an associate is never going to be in the slow lane, that's for sure. How does it feel like when you first um, 
how did you feel when you first graduated from law school? <laughs> and obviously, I'm sure you were nervous, you know, about the bar. And yes, <laughs> when you got this job, and how did you feel? Graduating law school was, it was an interesting position because you have that sense of relief. Oh, I've accomplished this thing that I've been working towards for a number of years. Um, obviously, there's a lot of stress time, loss of sleep involved with completing your law degree. Um, and then there's also that sense of accomplishment of being through it, knowing you have the mountain to climb that is the bar exam afterwards. So it's kind of a bittersweet yeah. uh, feeling when you graduate from law school. I was fortunate enough to have friends and family still, even though everything was remote, given the pandemic, I still had um, family and friends who were able to be here and yeah. celebrate with me and um, that I think catapulted me in a good mindset going into the bar. Okay, if you can get through law school and get through those three years of intensity, then you can yeah. absolutely do the bar exam. You can you can be a successful attorney going forward. You have all the tools available to you. Um, it's just a matter of choice. So you set your mind. You have the right mindset. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's the saving grace through the bar exam is you've got to have that steeled uh, mentality going into it, knowing your support system, knowing your resources that are there. You can get through it. So, I mean, that's good advice to give to third-year law, law school <laughs> students, I think. Like their law clerk. Yeah. Like their <laughs> law clerk. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And how does it feel to work here at SATC? Do you like the small environment? I love the small environment. It was something that I looked for when I was interviewing for positions when I was in law school. Um, obviously, you have the option when you're interviewing. You can curate small firm, medium-sized firm, big firm, location. Um, and I wanted something smaller because I wanted to make more of an impact and have more um, touch points with different practice areas. I know some big firms, it tends to be a little bit siloed in what you end up doing. Um, and that wasn't my personality. I think I want to have a more well-rounded experience and be an attorney who can advocate for her clients in a number of ways. And with particularly estate planning, as you know, Riona, it overlaps quite a bit. If you have a client who has a small business, right. we're going to be dabbling in corporate law. Um, Some of our clients, perhaps if they even have commercial real estate or residential real estate involved, we have to have knowledge of property law. And so it's it's never necessarily just being stuck in one area. And I think that when I interviewed with this firm and talked to them, the partners through the interview process, I thought, gosh, this is, this is incredibly exciting. I don't, I'm never going to be bored. Not a single day here. Why ever be bored? Well, I don't think you have. (laughs) No, no. So if you, what advice other than the advice you just gave recently about, you know, having the mindset that if you could get through law school, you can get through the bar. Do you have any other advice for other students who, you know, students who are still in law school? Yeah, I think a quote that kind of comes to mind immediately is don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. And I think that for a number of students, it can be easy to let fear and anxiety take over and impact your ability to see your future and um, work towards a goal. If you think you can't accomplish it, then what's the point? Um, but if you approach it with a, an, a realistic mentality of, okay, I know there's going to be challenge. I know I might fail. It's possible. But if I can take that opportunity of maybe being unsuccessful or being wrong and propel yourself forward and use it as a learning opportunity, then you'll be putting yourself in a much better position and you'll be able to grow from that and make a lifelong career out of it. If you live by fear, you'll, you'll never accomplish anything. Oh, that's, it's very, very good advice, I think. Me too. I think it's what got me through law school because you can't be afraid. They, yeah. <laughs> they'll beat that out of you really quickly. Yeah, I can imagine. It's got to be very tough. 
and especially leaving, you know, home, you know, uh, your home state coming here, it had to be, it had to be overwhelming, I bet, at first. It was, it was. Um, Chicago is obviously very different from any other place mm-hmm. and it being a big city, it being the mid- Midwest, yeah. having its unique weather. Um, I was fortunate enough to grow up uh, in Arizona, but spend a lot of time in the Midwest. I have a lot of family here. And so my brother and I would come during the summers and obviously summer is one thing yeah. completely different. Um, but I think what drew me to Chicago was this life, this energy, and also in a weird way, the paradox, the challenge of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've, I've thrived here because it's, it's not all sunshine and roses. It's okay. You're running to catch the train and it's raining and it's snowing and, you know, there's cars honking and there's a lot of movement and energy. And I think the culture here is so unique where there's different types of um, people from all around the world with different ideas coming together. And I didn't have that when I was growing up in Arizona, or at least I wasn't subjecting myself right. to that if it was there. And so by inserting myself here in that regard, I think it's it's been a learning opportunity for me and one that I'm anxious to continue exploring here. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm so happy to um, be able to have our listeners know more about Victoria. She is a wonderful, wonderful attorney. So, and again, SATC is so happy to have Victoria with us. Victoria, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solution Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.